I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and this man here is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. How are you doing? Oi. Um, okay. Oh, that was, that was exciting. You were keeping us on tenterhooks there. I've got awesome in my mouth. I hate that. I hate that. Um, yes. So, how are you going to get rid of that? Are you going to do some Bongella? Bongella. Is that what you use? Milk. Milk? Do milk? Does milk help? Milk is good for uh, it, uh, it, for ulcers and stomach ulcers and stuff like that. So, it must be good for mouth ulcers. Oh, okay. Straight from the cow, though. Straight from the cow. We've got live. I live need to from the find cow. the cow and I need to put a gun in its mouth. <laughs> I mean, you'll have to have a long reach if you. <laughs> well, I'd hold, yeah. I'd have to... It's more likely to piss if you put a gun in its mouth than to express well, milk. I'm not going to put my mouth around its um, piss hole. <laughs> I don't know, Mary. You hadn't fully you hadn't finished explaining what you were going to do. Put my mouth around the teeth, so you're... with a gun in its mouth. Have you seen a cow? They're very long. You're going to have to have an accomplice for this. I mean, do I need to put a gun in it? No, I don't. I think that is an unnecessary step. <laughs> I did get milk. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to buy a gun for a start. I mean, what was the gun for? Just so it looks like it's a bit more um, sort of cool rather than just me drinking milk. I don't. I think there's no way to make drinking straight from Ronaldo look cool. I mean, imagine how would um, who's cool? Uh, how would George Clooney look drinking from Ronaldo? You know, uh, not George Clooney. What's his name? <laughs> he's not cool well, he, that's... Ryan Gosling's cool well George Clooney is, plays cool in all the Oceans films doesn't he yeah I don't believe he's okay. I, don't, I don't think okay. he's cool your choice you, you've chosen to I imagine would, Ryan Gosling I... sucking on a cow's teeth I don't think that's cool if you shrug beforehand like, oh well I might as well no I'm sorry it's still not cool it's cool imagine, imagine Ryan Gosling just shrugging and then sucking from the teeth yeah I, th- I think there's no way to even even Ryan Gosling I think would uh, lose his call at that moment if you didn't if you just sort of just put your foot on it and on what the the udder and kicked it <laughs> so the, the teeth so that and squeeze it with your foot and then the milk shot in the air and you caught it in your mouth well so the cow's upside down no you were angling it well, you, so you you kick in the udder I mean this is how how are you kicking an udder and it 
is still pointed towards your mouth. I'm gently, I'm pressurizing it with my foot, and I'm using, and that pressure is causing the the problem is the the milk will come out of all the teats. Yeah, I I just think you need to go back to the drawing board on this. I don't think it's gonna it's gonna work out. I mean, because you're trespassing, you need to be in and out there fast. I hope this mouth also goes away, so I'm gonna get myself in all sorts of trouble. You really are. Okay, well, we're going to talk about films, but before we do, we should probably talk about our sponsor, who I'm sure is thrilled with all of the the other chat. Uh, We're sponsored by HerFilmProject.com, which is an organisation that uh, helps uh, promote diversity in films. So if you are interested in such things, if you would like to get some help with your film project, then go to HerFilmProject.com and follow HerFilmProject on Twitter. At if, her if, film project. If you write, you want to make it for him, like Ryan Gosling kicking a cow in the other and squirting milk in his mouth. Mm. Then you probably should talk to Ryan Gosling about that because that is, the, your, to my mind, your biggest hurdle. But you could get that funded by at her film project. I mean, I, yes. If Ryan Gosling's involved, I think you could get it funded by anyone. Well, okay. But why not? If it's why just not? a normal bloke hook those, hook those. If it's two a up, normal bloke kicking a cow on the other to get the milk out, then then give them a call, see what they say. Okay. Why not? Why not? Um, this week we are going to be doing a Netflix special. We've done them every now and again. People seem to like them because they're already paying for their Netflix subscriptions and they want to know what they can see. So we've been watching a few films. We've looked through the list. You know, we're Netflix fans, aren't we, Marek? Well, I think. I've noticed I have subscribed to Netflix and I unsubscribed for about a year having mm. seen it all and then I subscribed again and they've got quite a lot of the big films on there yeah but they've got some decent older ones as well it's not just you know new glitzy things yeah but... well the first one I was going to talk about is what they've done is they've actually and this is the, we talked last week about the death of cinema I think this is what does prescient mean uh, sort of forward looking it's sort of almost uh, like it predicted something so not re- what's the word for relevant that begins with P uh, maybe it is which is relevant anyway or we call it prevalent prevalent <laughs> not prevalent a different word um, I saw a film that was released st- instead of as exclusively on Netflix ok it's called Small Crimes Um and it was written and it's directed by some Evan Katz and Macon Blair uh, I don't know if it's Macon or Macon Blair who uh, with his friend made uh, Blue Room which I wrote about a couple of years ago okay. and, Green, and Green, Room. Green Room so an up and coming sort of director uh, or writer Small Crimes and this stars the cast is really good Nicholas Costa Waldau who you, you yes you all know is Jamie Lannister from but Game he, of Thrones he's fantastic in Headhunters yes uh, Jackie Weaver who plays the Australian mum in that criminal thing Snowtown is it or something like that one of those she's brilliant and Robert Foster who's uh, you know Jackie Brown yeah. Gary Cole is in it. Oh, Midnight Call is Gary yeah. Cole. One of the most underused great actors. What was that film we watched that he was in? Um, that, uh, hang on. I'm going to cover for you by saying this. Gary Cole, Gary Cole. <laughs> it's a good song. 
It's a very good song. He's been in Office Space. He plays a bad guy. I'm, I am Space. actually thinking of uh, Talladega Nights, which I rewatched recently, where oh, he okay. plays uh, Ricky Bobby's dad. Yeah, he's excellent. Um, so this is uh, it's a film about uh, a man who's in prison and he gets released after some crime and goes back to his life but he gets embroiled in crime again okay I'm uh, it's a, I don't really want to talk about much I'm just going to say it's been recommended by people but I've given it three Marics it's boring oh that's a shame it's got it's got so a, many good it's ingredients it's got so many good it? ingredients but it lacks humour it needs to be humour Nicholas Costa Waldo sort of plays a sort of loserish bloke and he's almost too good looking to do that and it just doesn't work mm, that's a shame it doesn't work so I watched it and I thought I could talk about this um, to our listeners but I almost don't want to because it's not good enough to merit just don't watch it it's a really mm. average I'm really disappointed in Netflix actually that this was well, the way that the way that Netflix works is, uh, unless they've changed, is they don't actually make things themselves. They are still a distribution arm in some way. Some things they'll fund, they'll help fund, but they, when people have made their film and are looking for distribution, they can go to Netflix and Netflix will just pay them a flat fee and go right. We own it now. It's now a Netflix original, and we'll slap that banner all over it. And the studio will often do this if they don't think their film is. It risks not making any money in the cinema. Oh, really? Because they can get a flat amount of money off Netflix for licensing it, or they can risk putting it in cinemas and uh, see how much they make in box office returns. And they won't make as much if they try and research to Netflix because it's no longer exclusive. There you go. So sometimes they go, well, it's a Netflix original now. We've, we've made this film. We're not going to bother with a cinema release. It's a Netflix film. So what you're saying is Netflix original means qu- quite shit. Uh, it means the producers weren't uh, willing to gamble. Well, I think they made the right move selling it to Netflix. <laughs> a film with nice ingredients and just doesn't taste right. I'm not saying Netflix buys anything either. I don't know. You know, they they presumably there has to be something in it for them. And with this, it sounds like the cast is what's in it for them because mm. enough people will give it a try. Just the script wasn't good enough. Now, I'll, so I'm going to talk about another film instead. Sorry, there's a bit of rambling. Start. That's all right. This is how I choose my films on Netflix. You've probably got a way of you choosing them as well. I hate the, men- the menu system. I mean, people have written jokes about how shit the menu system is and how deeply everything's buried in it. Yeah. I find the quickest way to do it is to go- find something good. Go to critically acclaimed films. Yep. Scan through those. See which ones I don't see. Or look up genres... I'll traditionally go for dramas or thrillers or foreign language films and then scroll through those and see which ones I haven't seen. Yes. How do you choose your Netflix films? You know what? I don't really have a system. I will just scroll through for bloody ages. But yes, picking a genre. I never go on the list of, because you watch this, you might like this. I always find they're a bit useless. Um, But I'll watch, you know, I'll scroll through going no no seen it no interest seen it oh maybe do you think in the future when people watch films they'll do we talked about missing video shops Mm. a virtual reality video shop where you just walk around and they're all there in their cases like (laughs) yeah maybe 
Why not? Because that is the best way to choose. I don't think you'll walk around. I think you'll put your VR uh, headset on on your sofa and suddenly loads of DVDs will go on all the surfaces in your room and you can just look at them. No, I don't want that. I want to walk around the shop. Well, you... Presumably there'll be an option where you can tick that box and then you can walk around the shop. Mm. But you'll you'll bash into your own walls, won't you? It's a big problem they have with VR is walking around. It's what they're... Off topic, but it's what they're finding with the games industry. Is how do you make this in every home? Because the only way they have at the moment is massive travelators that go in all directions because you've got to be safe when you've got it on. So that's why they're doing a combination of virtual reality with real life, like Pokemon and stuff like that. That's augmented reality. It's very different. So you can still see the walls and everything, yeah. But it's also a lot of games that involve your character sitting down and being taken basically on a ride. So, for instance... Uh, being a Spitfire pilot that works mm-hmm. well because you just sit and your movement is done when you're in a vehicle but actually walking around is quite tough to do that is interesting there you go anyway so that's how we pick our films and I picked a film in the critically acclaimed films I sort of worked my way through them that I hadn't seen before or even heard before it's called The Porn Broker okay and I was attracted to it because it had Rod Steiger in it and they, I mentioned Rod Steiger to people and they just make jokes about Kurt Steiger it's a real shame because I think Rod Steiger was one of the, my favourite actors absolutely brilliant actor he wasn't you he, you would know him from playing Marlon Brando's brother in On the Waterfront oh yeah and most famously for in The Heat of the Night which is the great drama with Sidney Poitier and him when he there's a murder in a town and Sidney Poitier is playing a detective who is on en route gets accused of this murder first of all and realise he's a detective en route to another job and they help solve this case okay. absolutely brilliant and Rod Steiger is an incredible actor who for this he got nominated um, for the uh, an Oscar for the best um, best actor I think it's one of the most incredible performances. Um, so he, the pawnbroker, is a story of. Uh, it's based on a book, um, and he's playing a pawnbroker in New York called Sol Nazman, who who runs his pawnbroking shop in the sort of rough area. And all you see at, at the very start, you see him back in uh, Germany, where he was um, with his family, a uh, young family, literally twenty, thirty years before. Right. 20 years before and everyone's really happy and then the music turns out and you realise that they're you realise they're Jewish and you realise the Nazis are approaching and what's great about this we talked about this a few weeks ago of great backdrops for films and we talked about 10 Cloverfield Lane and how that was really fascinating because you had the whole Cloverfield thing yeah but it was set in this bunker yeah and you could apply this to this film as well. In fact, it's set in a prawn broker shop, it's the main shop. And yet he's a man who doesn't speak much. Uh, but he's got this weight. Basically, his life has been completely ruined 20 years ago. Right. Where he's having to deal with the... This is 20 years on from the drama of the... You know, from the drama, from the Holocaust and him losing everything. And, he, and what's great about it, it is, in terms of... A lot of the Holocaust films are of the actual event happening and you only and it's a horror of it happening you yeah. don't really see the lasting effects of sort of an old man who is numbed 
by War. And his performance is so brilliant. Sidney Lumet directed it, I don't pronounce it right, he's a very famous director. Shot in black and white, it looks beautiful. It feels very 60s, this sort of New York. When was it made? 1964. Right. I think 64, 62. I'm just looking it up, that's right. Um, the Pawnbroker, okay, yes, yes. Uh, I think it, it is one of my favourite ever performances by an Really? Actor. Yeah. I think it's. He doesn't say much, and he's very. He's very. Because he had a reputation of being over dramatic and playing weirdo. I think he played Al Capone and stuff like that. It's quite. It reminded me. <laughs> you know, apparently, like Ryan Gosling in Drive, the books, uh, he cut a lot of the words. A lot of the script was cut back, so yeah. it feels like this pent up. Uh, rage of someone who feels alienated by society I think a lot of people and I think this feels quite I know he was alienated because of the Holocaust I think this feels quite relevant now where there's so much going on and so much shit people are numbed by constant need you know you're just yeah. numbed by it yeah it leads to a lot of people's attitudes towards existence being fuck it you know doesn't it because people just can't bear the alternative you know just totally numb by society so I yeah. really sympathise with his character I mean you can feel a lot how he does by just going on the tube for an hour you have a very similar feeling of really feeling ostracised by society there's a couple of really interesting points about this film this was the first film um, that the, the, they used to have before the movie before you know the, the, how they judge films they've got the movie rating system I can't remember what it's called it came in 1968 the movie approval rating system where they age things oh certification yeah before that it was a thing called the production code which lasted for from, from like 1930 somewhere to 1968 when films judged what could morally be accept- acceptably wow. be put in a film in America yeah yeah and in 1960, it was the first film that had uh, um, showed bare breasts, and it passed the production uh, the production code. Right. Where they said that it feels like it's it's appropriate for that to be in this film rather than being gratuitous yeah, yeah. or sexual. So there is a great movie fact for you. Well, yeah, they opened the floodgates for so many. As soon they? as they got their knockers out in that film, it was literally what like, cinema was now about like going on holiday to France in the 80s <laughs> I remember seeing uh, Bare Breasts in a kids film in France yeah, all over any excuse they'd get yeah. them out something for the something for the parents yeah um, yeah so 1964 it was made um, I think there were t- what's interesting you've got the ba- a bad guy played the pimp is the guy Brock Peters um, who you would uh, 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 oh yes I recognise him yeah recognise him from lots of films there's just loads of brilliant performances in it and they're quite unusual performances he uh, plays an admiral in Star Trek 5 Brock Peters yeah um, there are just some absolutely brilliant scenes which you only get when you've got people who uh, what it does is it has a sense of history so it establishes this character who's completely numb this, he's got this massive huge backstory so you understand his reactions to things uh, he meets a woman in it who is working for a charity who lost her who lost her husband and tries to be friends with him and they try and you have characters that aren't necessarily fashionable now 
why would you make a film about an old man mm. now? You wouldn't see that as much. You wouldn't see unless a film. he was an aging film star. You wouldn't get that mate. Yeah, you and and the lady who's who's working for chat. She's in her sort of fifties. Uh, I think late fifties. She's lost her partner. You don't really, uh, and she's trying to find some sort of friendship. These are captures that you don't really see, and each and still, it's quite slow at the start, but it builds in terms of action of like him running the pawnbroker. He's got a young assistant who needs money, and the people come in. All the characters are coming asking for money immediately. They feel like well-rounded characters, and you get a sense of their history and the desperation of mm. going into the pawnbroker shop. It felt quite um, a realistic portrayal of of sort of life without quite bleak, but quite true I just thought it was absolutely brilliant I'm going to give it 9 or 10 Mariks but if you are just amazed that no one has told me about the pawnbroker before yeah I've never heard of it I've never never heard of it I just thought what is that on the list I'll give that a a shot and I think it should be um, given far more acclaim than it is it's got 7.8 on IMDB and on Netflix it doesn't have a rating presumably because not enough people have seen it I think it's one of the best ever acting performances I think it looks absolutely magnificent and you realise just shooting in black and white you know on black and white film mm. when it's lit properly and shot properly it looks great go and watch don't go and watch Small Crime some shit new release watch The Pawnbroker just go to any of those critically acclaimed films and you'll see some great stuff on there and I've been to some people recently said oh don't watch old films and they classified 1960s as old or black and white as old it's madness don't be put off by it go and watch a pawnbroker well there you go I mean I've, I've seen something on Netflix this week as well a complete sort of I know nothing about that I'll give it a go and it has um, resonant themes with the pawnbroker by the sounds of it in that it is about understanding the backstory of a man so we can before we can sort of judge his actions and it's based on a true story it's called shepherds and butchers or in some services it's called the hangman colon shepherds and butchers to try and get well, more on, people colon, to watch not it. written Caden. not colon, no, it's colon. Just a, uh, the the you know the two dots colon. why is it sorry to go off why is it's it funny colon? it's called colon isn't it mm. one colon is it uh, you ordinarily think of like a load of shit yeah it's odd isn't it I mean English is like that there's all sorts of uh, what word would you call it instead of colon uh, the dotty dots well, you would change would you change the word for colon the uh, 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 I'd just change uh, body I'd just change then. the body part to shit pipe you're right I mean it's it does exactly what it says on the tip colon's a good word as well colon and shit pipe yeah so that's really what I wanted to talk about was um, <laughs> sorry <laughs> Uh, no, this is a film uh, based on a true story. It's a courtroom drama set in South Africa. All right, Matt. That's right. There's a lot of that going on. <laughs> okay, it's about this boy called Leon Labushana. All right, Leon, mate. Leon Labushana, and basically, um, he's in this horrendous altercation where, um, uh, at night on a road. He ends up in in a sort of near accident with a van of um, I think it's a sports team actually, wow. and he ends up shooting them all dead, and it's his court case of true story. Yes, of what happened now, and you go well, it's open and shut, isn't it? That's it. That's it. And his lawyer explores his past that as a young boy he was 
admitted into the uh, the people who what's the word uh, orchestrate the death penalty in South Africa and so he was 16 years old given very little training and the things he endured and had to see in that job and the way he was treated we explore and find out you know oh, so he was the executioner basically part of that yeah he was, he's one of the executioners uh, but as a 16 year old boy basically first job out of school you know work experience work experience yeah <laughs> Yeah, and it was during a period in South Africa's history where they uh, executed a record number of people in in uh, a short space of time. When is it set? It's set in it's like the nineteen eighties or hang on, I, it, it's a very good question, and I should know the answer to this. Oh, um, I'm going to cover by doing some 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 excellent excellent. Oh, you, this is your first job, Rock Brew. <laughs> oh, okay, just go. And, um, just go and check deep bloke. These events, I think, led to um, the abolition of the death penalty, which was in 1995. So I think this is in the 80s, early 80s. Uh, now, what... I love the 80s. What, yeah, it's great, isn't it? What drew me to this film at, at first was because the lawyer who's defending him, who's the main character in this, is played by Steve Coogan. A very odd choice to play a South African lawyer in a serious, such a dark and serious political drama, but I thought... I want to see him give this a go because in 24-hour party people which admittedly is a bit frivolous but is great fun he's excellent and in Michael Winterbottom's films I really like Steve Coogan as well and I think that him and Michael Winterbottom work brilliantly together they've done the trip on TV recently but um, there's uh, they did uh, The Look of Love and um, they did Cock and Bull Story now, uh, Philomena is the one that's got all the Oscar noms and stuff, Which and I still haven't seen. It, well, you're lucky, because it's also on Netflix. Is it? Yeah. Oh, great. It's going to be one of my recommendations. Like Stephen Frears did Philomena, oh, okay. so that's different. That's different. But anyway, so I thought, well, give this a go, see what Coogan's like, uh, you know, do My, my, my one question is, sorry, Trinch, yeah. is always with Coogan, yeah. you can probably guess the question, what percentage partridge was he in each film? It's quite partridgey, yeah. What percent? Because <laughs> oh. the look of love, something like eight, is eighty percent partridge. I mean, well, if you think that, this is probably eighty-five. <laughs> um, really? Well, no, it's. I don't know. It, it, he he just he, he uses his own vulnerability, and he's used that in in partridge already so every look of sort of panic in his eyes we read as partridge but it's just him giving his you know this it's it's got moments of of really moving stuff especially when we flash back in time and see the experiences this boy had to endure as an executioner um you know with the all white guards versus the all black um, convicts, you know, and it's it's harrowing. It's harrowing viewing, but it's done excellently with the cinematography and the sound as well. You, you really feel like um, you're there, and it's 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 great filmmaking. Was, was it, the was sorry to interrupt again? Was the sports team he killed were, were they black or white? All black. Okay, so. I'm 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 really sorry to say it, but the film is a bit weak, and it's because of Steve Coogan. Because of the partridge. It's not because of the partridge. It's because of the accent. Like he he came from doing impressions, and the problem is he's not inhabiting 
it, his accent is really dodgy. He's as good as my accent. About as good as your accent. <laughs> like he, it comes and goes. It goes Nottingham at the end of sentences all the time, and to the point where where it's too distracting to actually enjoy the political drama that's happening. Yet. When did it come out? This film. Not. I'm, why have I not heard of it? Um, yeah, it's it's came out in 2016, so last year. Um, and I don't know. Maybe it's because it's a story that doesn't. Uh, people don't think it has relevance to them. The end of the death penalty in South Africa, but I, I would argue, you know, the story sounds great. The story is great, and I won't tell you what happens at the end because it's a true story, you know. Um, and it, it doesn't take the side of history you'd expect because, in a very you know genuine sense, this is the story of a white lawyer arguing that a white man should get off the murdering of of several black people you know so it's like okay that's sort of not usually what we show in these sorts of uh, who's the victim here films but it's it is interesting but I mean just to give you an I'm not alone here here is one of the two pieces of trivia on IMDB's page Mm -hmm. um, about this film it says Steve Coogan liked to keep people guessing minute to minute as to what accent he would do next throughout the film. South African or his normal accent. <laughs> Which is, it's, it's a glib comment. It, his, it wavers and it's really off-putting. Cause, especially because South African is so strong. He's so, Martin Chippy. Yes, exactly. It's me, Chippy. But it's, as soon as at the end of sentences it just goes back to normal. It's, it, oh, it's, it's What would you do then if you were, you were a director... Michael Winterbottom. It's not him. It's not him. Oh. I'm just saying Michael Winterbottom and he have worked well in the past. And your actor can't do the accent. Do you just say, just do your normal accent? Because it doesn't really matter. It, that is less distracting than I, someone doing I'd agree. I mean, I mean, look at um, Robin and Prince of Thieves versus Russell Crowe's Robin Hood. Robin and Prince of Thieves, Robin Hood has an American accent. No one cares. You don't, you don't, you don't you care, don't care yeah. because he is he is being an honest human being, and that's what actually matters. Uh, we could have we could have believed that Steve Coogan's lawyer character happened to be English. It, why would it matter? It there's wouldn't. Been, there's been war. I remember watching war films. You know, when everyone did a sort of in the seventies, eighties war films, where you've got German bad Germans played by American actors mm. with American accents and yeah. there's no point you uh, say oh right he's you think you first think oh he's American then you think actually as soon as that I, I can I, yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry, it doesn't matter matter to me no it's true and it doesn't matter to me either you know uh, but this is directed by um, a guy called o- Oliver Schmitz who did Paris Je T'aime, uh which uh, came out in 2006 and uh, got a bit of you'll probably recognise the poster there Oh, a nice poster. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, it's a, it's a real shame, and I think it's probably been buried because it's a little bit embarrassing. But it's it there's, there's a really good story in there, and it's very well filmed and done. It and and you know the ending is genuinely surprising. It's just you, it's that one choice that's that's sort of made it all a bit un, uncomfortable viewing. You know, it's a thing about Netflix, isn't it? It's a ho- it's a graveyard of films mm. you realise once you sift through the first 40 or 50 good films just how many films get made yes uh, a lot a yeah. lot of them yeah yeah and this is a good story and an important story and it's 
you know, and I, I, I'm a massive Steve Coogan fan. I think he's a really good actor, and really interesting actor, but he's not. There isn't a truth coming through in what he's doing because he's he seems too distracted by an accent he's having difficulty with. That must be awful. Yeah. I mean, David, you give it. I think I give it six. Like I, I, I enjoyed it, and as I say, the, the flashbacks and stuff. It's like, oh, well, yeah, this is this has got something, mm. but it's just, it's just there's an element that's gone awry. Well. Now it's time for this. Well, we're going to change that to there are no letters because we've run out. No people like writing, writing letters, letters, letters. letters. Um, I, we may have missed your letter in the past due to admin errors, which I'm constantly apologising for because I'm, I'm aware of this because someone I, I wrote on our, um, which I'll tell you, on iTunes, uh, which you can review our show. Someone wrote in saying, I wrote in and I even read up my letter that oh, called us arseholes, basically. And oh, it was wow. purely by just a mistake of it getting lost. We try and read out all of your letters, and if we don't, we apologise. Why not just find the letter that uh, makes you so angry and just click uh, forward and send us it again? I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not? I mean, we, we will read it out. It hasn't been a slight on you. We'll, Unless we'll... you were that one person who was really angry and racist. So if you are, you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I thought we should go on a Netflix theme. Yeah. Just, uh, uh, I've got, I've written down a few recommendations. Oh, lovely. Some of them that we've both seen, uh, we we talked about. Uh, there were, there's obvious ones we've talked about recently. There were your film of the year last year, Hunt for the Wilder People, yes. which is excellent. Uh, Sing Street, which I absolutely loved. Ex Machina, which we both both yeah, made our film of the fun. year. Um, and uh, Philomena's on there which I mentioned before I want to see now yes um, films that I think that aren't necessarily picked out by mm. people oh Birdman's on there as well that's another one So I took- what we do in the shadows is the other Taika Waititi one that is uh, I was surprised how funny I found it as I thought vampires have been done to death as parody but it was really good yeah I would also say if you like watch if you want to watch In the Heat of the Night as well Sidney Poitier at his best and Rod Steiger at his best and watch it that's a great two-hander with a pawnbroker In the Heat of the Night an absolutely brilliant film and about sort of as well as you know detective film with a backdrop of race in the sort of 60s um, one's it's very famous but Remains of the Day is my favourite Anthony Hopkins film Emma Thompson's in it it's it shows such restraint in a performance from Anthony Hopkins. Mm. A restraint he rarely shows anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the best sort of Merchant Ivory Actually, film. he's back to his restraint in uh, the TV show Westworld, actually. It's a wonderful performance. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's a great actor, you know. Yeah. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird's on there, oh, and I bro. haven't seen it, which is it's on my list to watch because it's one of those classics my, yeah. that I haven't watched. Oh, so good. It's so good. I mean, I get put off by. I, I have a go with people from watching black and white films, and you think, oh, do I really want to watch it? What's that weird mentality about yeah. not wanting to watch a black and white film? But we're coming around again where um, full colour, you know, HD graded massive blockbusters are being released in independent cinemas in black and white so we can see the 
the cinematography sort of unabated. What is it that's doing that? One, it was uh, Mad Max was the first one, yes. but there's another one coming out that's doing it as well, and I'm not sure, I can't remember which it's it is. It's a Mad Max then, but I saw. And one film I think is really good, people get put off because it's about, it's about collapse of like Lehman Brothers collapse. It's Kevin Spacey before not doing one of his two Kevin Spacey performances. <laughs> Margin Call which is a great business thriller which I don't think you'd ever watch because people who work in the city are generally assholes and you yeah. don't want to see them but this is really I thought and it, and you think it'd be boring but I would thoroughly recommend Margin Call I always get it confused with Marwen Call which is a documentary oh, about yeah, a man who yeah. makes models watch that as well Margin Call and Marwen Call is a good double bill it's not on Netflix though at the moment it used to be um any any others you got? Yes, uh, I think it's in one of the great films. It's, it's, every, it's in every, uh, People are my age haven't seen this film. My dad recommended to me. It's one of his favourite films. It's absolutely brilliant. It's a man for all seasons. Won six Oscars back in 1966, including best actor, best director, best film. Paul Schofield uh, is the actor playing Thomas More in it. It's basically the story of um, Henry VIII played by Robert Shaw from we all know from Jaws yeah. um, wanting to get a divorce and the whole you know the, the basically the big story about Henry VIII where they're trying to change the Church of England and all that yeah, business yeah 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 um, the script is so brilliant you've got all these great theatre actors doing lifetime best performances I saw about 10 years ago I was blown away that by it then I need to watch it again but don't be I, I just amazed by the amount of people who haven't no one seems to I know seems to have seen A Man for All Seasons and you should really if you like film watch it it's just great yeah. uh, well there's quite a few there isn't there's there there's quite a few there why not send us in your own Netflix recommendations or we'll pass them on to everybody else go to filmfandango.com and you can write to us from there for God's sake do um <laughs> Uh, also we do all of this for free so if you'd uh, like to contribute towards our running costs for the many many uh, episodes that we've done now then again go to filmfandango.com and click the donate button everyone who has you are a star you are one of my favourite people and we know your name because we receive your name when we receive the money so thank you very much I'm also doing a live comedy show on the 29th of May called Inside the Comedian where I interview comedians about their wonderful careers but they're not allowed to tell the truth. We have to make up an entire backstory for them. Um, I'm doing it on the 29th at the Bill Murray in Islington uh, with Carrie Adloyd and Margaret K. Bourne-Smith. I would really appreciate an audience being there. <laughs> so if you, uh, if you have that Monday free, then why not come along? Um, well, I think that's it for this week. Keep watching the films. Bye. Oh, do you want to say it? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.